It's set up with tables and all. At this time, our pastor, Brother Richard Hayden. Amen. Thank you, sir. Well, it's a blessing to be here this morning. We're glad you come to worship with us for a little while. Have your Bibles be turning over to the book of Matthew, chapter 25. We'll read a few verses there in just a moment. I want to say that uh, we welcome you that are visiting with us. And I know some of you come and that have your own home church. And, of course, you'll go back there next Sunday, and you ought to. But if you're here without a home church, we want to invite you to come back and be with us uh, again next Sunday. And uh, the next one, and the next one, and so forth. And to our own people, we expected you to be here. God expected it, and I expected it, and I'm glad that you came. I've enjoyed the service so far. The singing was good, and uh, I'm glad to be able to say that uh, because of what Jesus Christ has offered, I'm not afraid to die. Amen. And I'm also glad to say, you know, a lot of people might not take this as such a blessing, but uh, uh, once I die, you haven't seen the last of me. And uh, I know there's people that I hope so, but uh, anyway, enough of that, I guess, for the time, and and uh, we are glad to have some of our own family here and have come to be with us and some that we've known for many years. You'll find your place in the Bible in chapter 25, <coughs> if you'll find verse 1 and stand with us, we're going to read about 13 verses this morning, that's a little more than we normally read. I believe the Lord has something for us here. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at the midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Father, we thank you this morning once again for the opportunity of being able to gather in this place that's been dedicated to the worship of your Son. Lord, to be able to fellowship for a while with brothers, brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, we pray this morning that it'll be more than a time of fellowshipping and enjoying one another's conversation. Lord, we ask that your blessed Holy Spirit would be in our midst in a real way. Lord, that he'd stir the hearts of those of us that belong to you. Lord, give us a new and a fresh vision of what you've left us here for. And then, Lord, for that one that might be here, might be here Lord, 
that's not sure of heaven's their home, Lord, today, today, if we pray you'll draw them to you while there's time and opportunity. In Christ's name we pray, amen. We'll speak on the subject of the midnight cry. It says at midnight there was a cry made. Of course, those that have even casually read the word of God knows that this is talking about the rapture of the church, the second coming of the Lord. The story is written, I believe, to bring us to the urgency of the hour. It may not be that the Lord will come at the exact midnight hour. Certainly, if he comes to the whole world, when it's midnight at one place, it'll be noontime at another but it will be a time when it's midnight in the world because of the darkness of sin. And I believe we've reached that place in our society. And so we need to understand not only the urgency of the hour, but also that it's a time of unexpectedness. And it's a time of lateness. I believe we're in the there in the evening of time, if you please, when the Lord's coming back. I don't know when he's coming back. The Bible lets us know that I don't know and you don't know. But if we look at the signs of the time, God said when you look at the seasons, you can know when winter's coming, when summer's coming. And he said you ought to be able to look at the signs of the time and know when the coming of the Son of Man is nigh. And I believe that we can see those in the days in which we live. Also, it begs to answer the question this morning, when the midnight cry is made, will you be ready? There won't be any time to make preparation when the cry is made. And I know that this is a strong message not only to those that might be in the midst this morning, who are not sure that they're ready. And if I wasn't sure, with all of my heart I believe this, if I wasn't sure, I'd make sure today before I left this place. Because the the return of the Lord's very imminent. Not only is the return of the Lord imminent, imminent, but our death may also be imminent. We don't know when we walk out that door whether we'll ever walk back in it or not. You'll say, are you trying to scare me? If I could, I would. Any individual with a mind to think that believes the Word of God, that you have an eternal soul that's going to spend eternity somewhere. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what I believe. One of these days, they're going to take all of us and place us in a casket and roll us up in front of a church or in front of a funeral home chapel, fold our hands on our chest, and people's going to come around and say, boy, he looks natural laying there. looks like he's asleep. But I won't be there. And if you're saved this morning... If you're saved or lost, either one, you won't be there because you'll move out 
and you'll move to that place where you're going to spend eternity. And anybody that's thinking correctly knows that if you die and you're going to a place called hell, and if you haven't received Christ, that's exactly where you'll wind up. Certainly you ought to be scared. I know that I would be. And then it ought to open the eyes of we who belong to the Lord that has family members who don't, who has neighbors and friends who do not belong to the Lord. It ought to open our eyes to the fact that there's not time to fool around and to waste time and to slumber and to sleep as these virgins did. And so God uses this parable to teach us that we really can't tell who's saved and who's not. The Bible says that all ten of these virgins were just alike. They looked alike. They all had lamps. They all trimmed their lamps. They were alike. But there was a difference in them. The Bible says that five of them had oil in their lamps and five of them did not. That oil represents the Holy Spirit of God. When you actually receive the Lord, you get the Holy Spirit of God that comes and dwells within your heart. And the Bible says that if you do not have the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. And so as we look at this example that God's giving to us, five of these people were saved and five of them were lost. But here's another thing that's similar between the five. They all, the Bible says, slumbered and slept. And I begin to think about that and think about our religious realm in America, in fact, in the world. And I thought how characteristic that is of us. Those religious folk, and there's a lot of religion that doesn't have Christ. Don't ask me who they are. God hasn't sent me as a judge. But I know that there are people who are believing on something besides Christ in order to get them to heaven. And Christ said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father except by me. And so here they were. Those that only professed and had no possession. And on the other hand, those that had really received Christ and had the Holy Spirit within their hearts. The Bible says they all slumbered and slept. And I want you to know this morning, my dear friends, that's the reason that, as the old saying goes, our nation's going to hell in a handbasket. Is because God's children are slumbering and sleeping on the job. As I thought about this subject, I thought about Christ there in the Garden of Gethsemane. He took with him Peter, James, and John, just a little father. Then he took the other eight disciples. He said to them, he said, you wait right here and you pray with me while I go over yonder and pray. 
And he went over and he prayed for an hour and he came back and found those three closest apostles that he had asleep. And he woke them up and went back and prayed another hour and came back and they slept again. And the third time he said, just go ahead and sleep. It's all over. In the time of the most suffering and the most horrible time of Jesus Christ while he lived upon the earth, the very closest ones to him slept while he suffered. And you can criticize those men all you want to. But I'm telling you, God leaves us here after we're saved for one purpose and one purpose only, and that is to tell men and women who don't know about him the story of his marvelous love. Most of us have to admit we're sleeping on the job. So God said there was one thing that these ten had in common. They all slumbered and slept. And so it is that Paul warns us over in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to start reading with verse 1. But of the time and the season, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. What does he say about that? He's coming when you don't expect him. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, save folk, those that had oil in their lap. But ye, brethren, are not in the darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. He says, I want you to know. I want you to be ready when the Lord comes. And then we find also in the book of Mark, in chapter 13, and starting with verse uh, 34, the Bible says here, For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far uh, taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, that's you and I, to every man his work, that's you and I, and commanded the porters to watch, that's you and I. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh, at evening, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. What shall I say unto you? I say all, watch, watch. Then we notice here that uh, the Lord, the danger of the church is that we'll fall asleep. And uh, back to the uh, book of Matthew again, and to chapter 13 this time, I want to read you something in verse 25 of that chapter. I'll find it in just a moment if you'll bear with me. Here it is. In 13, verse 25, the Bible says, But while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Now that's a warning to the church. I'm told that tares look just like wheat. And we have to be very careful as a church that Men of disbelief doesn't slip in and get positions of authority. 
Apostle Paul talked to those Ephesus elders and he said, this is the last time you'll see me. But he said, after that I leave, there'll be grievous wolves that'll come in among you. And he said, not only will some come in among you, but he said, some of your own people will seek to lead off disciples after themselves. Be careful, church, that you stand on the solid rock. And so it is that there's a warning here. The Lord's coming soon, and we need to be careful. The midnight cry, I believe, is at the door. Uh, the Bible says, when the Lord comes, old Gabriel, doesn't say Gabriel, says the trumpet will blow. But I believe it will be old Gabriel. And I don't know if he has to Morrison, Morrison can't, can't say what I want to. Uh, get Morris on the uh, reed of his trumpet or not, like we do here. But uh, I believe he's getting that trumpet ready. I believe he's walking up and down the portal, ready to step off and blow at a second's notice. And so the time that Christ calls, I believe, is drawing near. And those that are his will hear the call. You'll say the world will hear the call. They won't know what it means. Only those that belong to him doesn't make any difference. Like some of them were saying earlier, it doesn't make any difference about the grave. Those that are in the grave is going to come out. All is going to be called up together to meet the Lord in there at the call of the midnight cry. You'll say, I don't know how that could happen. Some could hear and some can't. Well, read the story of Paul on the road to Damascus. A whole bunch of them out there going to persecute the Christians. They were not believers. They were haters of God. They were haters of God's people. But God spoke to one with an open heart. His name was Saul of Tarsus. Later became known as the Apostle Paul. The rest of them heard the noise, but they didn't know what it meant. Why? Because their hearts weren't right with God. And I'll tell you, when the midnight cry goes out, if your heart's not right with God, you won't hear and you'll be left behind. Now you'll say, that's your opinion. No, that's God's opinion. My opinion doesn't mean much, but I'll tell you, God means everything. And so, the same is true today, that if you'll listen, God will speak to you. If you'll open your heart, God will give you understanding. And uh, you'll say, what if I were to miss the call? What's going to happen? The same thing's going to happen to you that happened to these five virgins that had no oil. There's a sad statement in the reading here that we had this morning as a scripture reading. It said, I was trying to see where the verse was. I didn't have it marked. Verse 10. And they, went in, they, they that were ready went in with him to the marriage. And then listen to the last phrase. And the door was shut. I read that. I thought about old Noah that built that ark. Worked for years and years and built the ark. 
took all the animals in and took his family in, the Bible says, and God shut the door. The Bible also says when God shuts the door, no man can open it. And when God opens the door, no man can shut it. I can imagine if it was left up to Noah, I don't care how many times those folk had laughed at him and poked fun at him, if they had come up and knocked on the side of that door and said, Noah, we're drowning, let us in. If it had been left up to Noah, he'd have opened the door. God said, those bunch of unbelievers that have not been following me for all these years and been making fun of the man I sent to warn them, he, he said, I've shut the door and they can't get in. That's what he said here. He said, I've shut the door. They said, Lord, let us in. He said, I don't know who you are. You're not anything to me. Why did he not know them? Because he's not they had not come to the place where they had ever sought his presence. We notice here in the book of John, let's turn over there, if you would please, with me to the 10th chapter of the book of John. I want to read you something in, in verse 1. It said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door. Who's the door? Jesus said, I'm the door. I'm the door. Here he said, Verily I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheep, sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber, and he that is in by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. Hey, listen, what's he saying? You can't get in any other way than through the Lord Jesus Christ. I come to the place this morning that I'm bringing the message to the close. I don't know if it's been 30 minutes or 40 minutes, but I've said I believe what God wants me to say. But I want to add just a couple of other comments. I've read the story of Lazarus when he died. After four days, Jesus came, called his name, and Lazarus came forth. And he said to those folk there, he said, loose him and let him go. Now, I'm here to tell you this morning the same God's still on the throne. He's got just as much power this morning as he had 2,000 years ago. And if you're bound by the uh, cords of this world and by the cords of sin, if you'll come to Jesus, Jesus this morning, he'll do the same thing for you. He'll tell them to loose the grave clothes that's on you and let you go. By the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we've tried our best this morning to bring you to an understanding of the urgency and the lateness of the hour and how that Jesus stands and anxiously waits for you to come unto him. We invite you to do that this morning as we ask the piano player and the song leader to come. We'll ask you to stand with us if you would please. Brother Mack will be in the center here, and Brother Bobby will be on my right, and Brother Van on the left, and these men.